Living Adventurously is brought to you in partnership with Kamut, the route planning and navigation app that helps you make the most of your outdoor adventures. Whether you're cycling, hiking, running or bikepacking, Kamut's easy-to-use technology will get you out the door and exploring more of the great outdoors. You can see where I've been exploring by checking out the highlights of my journey on Kamut. Just follow the link in the show notes. My name is Alistair Humphreys. I set out on a bicycle journey around Yorkshire to speak to interesting, ordinary people who, in very different ways, are making an effort to live adventurously. I wanted to talk about what they do, about the barriers they've faced along the way, and to seek their perspective on some of the big questions that all of us encounter in our lives. Welcome to Living Adventurously. <laughs> I've written here, needs intro music. Um, okay, here we go. Um... <laughs> Have a loop. I had to cycle pretty fast to get to my next guest in time and Mike met me as I was taking my clothes off, swapping my sweaty cycling shirt for my for my other t-shirt and Mike laughed and told me I should be locked up for that and then we headed down into Runswick Bay to what Mike described to me as perhaps the pub with the best view in Britain which seemed like a perfect place for us to go and have a chat and eat some cheesy chips. Runswick Bay is a beautiful, wide, wide, wide sandy bay with just a little cluster of houses and steep slope at one end of the bay. And we chatted for throughout lunch about Mike's life as an outdoor instructor for 30 years um, and the impact the outdoors has had on his own life, um, getting him out of a sort of city, urban childhood, out into the wild places and falling in love with adventure and natural history. And in Mike's retirement, he's still taking people on expeditions. He volunteers. He'd just come back from Iceland, taking a bunch of Chinese youths on a pretty long, tough trek through Iceland. Um, and he's written guidebooks about slow travel around Yorkshire. So he seemed like a perfect person for me to meet and seek their advice from early on in my own slow trip around Yorkshire. And as, as our time together progressed, I just found myself thinking that I really hope that I can be like Mike when I retire. And one small thing is that I definitely want to incorporate Mike's magic moment into my own life. I really, really enjoyed our chat together, sitting in a car park to try and get away from all the seagulls. Hello, Mike. Hello. <laughs> Have you been on a podcast before? I've never been on a podcast before. <laughs> okay. So, um, who are you? Or should I say, who are you? Depending on my intonation. Because your son, your son was uh, surprised that you were going to be on a podcast. He was. Right? Why? Uh, well, he doesn't, he, he thinks, he just thinks I'm slightly odd for doing uh, uh, lots of young men things when I'm an old git. He doesn't think a, a 60-year-old bloke should be uh, doing some of the things I do. So on a scale of 1 to 10, how weird are you? Um, 
I think I'm three, but I think the rest of the world, <laughs> the rest of the world thinks I'm nine point five. <laughs> that was a, I love the specifics of your three. <laughs> why do, why does the world think you're weird? What do you do that's weird? Um, I do lots of things outdoors. Uh, I I love camping. I have a mug which says, uh, I love camping, but on the other side it says, but I hate campsites. So I love wild camping. I want that mug. Yeah. Oh, I added the, I hate campsites. Oh, did you? Okay, (laughs) brilliant. (laughs) Um, So I love wild wild everything. I love wild camping. I love wild swimming. I love wild places. Uh, And I'm a passionate natural historian. So none of that sounds weird to me. No. So the people, your normal friends, what do they think is weird about you? What should you be doing at your age? Uh, I should be playing bowls, perhaps, uh, putting my feet up, watching a lot more telly, uh, and staying in bed and breakfasts rather than uh, rather than camping. <laughs> Very good. So what does living adventurously that phrase what does living adventurously mean to you um it means trying new things uh going to new new parts of the world parts of the world i've i've heard about but when i was working never had the time to be able to go to now suddenly i've got the time to go places uh and, I, and I'm aware of my mortality. I know I've not got that many years left. And it's so, so, so much world and so little time to do it. So I just want to go out and do as much as I can while my body still works. And, and uh, have you always had that sort of urgency to get stuff done? It's not so much... Well, a lot of my friends will, will laugh if I was to say, oh, yes, I'm always getting things done because, because I'm quite slack on actually finishing jobs but i've always had the urgency to explore okay yeah and you're so imagine yourself say when you were let's say 20 or 30 or pick a number that seems relevant to you what did, what would living adventurously have looked to you a long time ago has it changed or have you has it no, always been constant much, it's pretty much the same i think i think that's the essence of it is i'm still 20 in my head so, uh, uh, so am I. It, re- it really takes me by surprise when, um, uh, when, uh, when young people stand up for me on the bus and things like that. I think I'm fitter than you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, because I forget, I forget that I, I'm an old, I'm an old bloke and I look like an old bloke because I don't feel like one. Yeah. Gosh, it's amazing, isn't it? Um, so how is life different between um, when you were busy working life to now when you're retired? How how's that changed your perspective on things? Um, um, it was odd at first when I retired because I still had this guilt feelings of I should I should be doing productive stuff. Um, but once I got used to the fact that I can do what I want, uh, I found that what I want to do is actually a lot of it is what I used to do in, in work because I worked in outdoor education. 
Um, but now I don't have to have a group of kids in tow when I go <laughs> kayaking. Uh, so I can kayak at my pace and, and go when I want. Uh, and when I go mountaineering, it's peaceful with, with no uh, scream, uh, and no and no responsibility to look after other people. It's it's much more relaxing. Just responsibility for yourself. Yeah. No yeah. health and safety forms to fill in. Oh, absolutely. That sounds very good. <laughs> so you spent many years working in outdoor education. Yeah. Um, the the young people who came through your place. What was what were the barriers that were stopping them living as adventurously as they might have done? And I mean living adventurously, not just in terms of going kayak, just living a fulfilled and life, really. Worried parents, um, peer pressure, because a lot of the time it's it's not seen as cool to be interested in natural history, for instance, or um, certainly for girls, um, doing sporty outdoor things isn't cool. So there's a lot of peer pressure involved. Um, and also if they live in towns, just the access to wild places as well. And um, what did outdoor education do for them? What, what did you hope to achieve between them coming in the door and then leaving a week later or whatever it was? Uh, it was a fantastic job. Um, other teachers used to say, it must be really frustrating for you to just see kids for a week at a time because you don't get to see the progress that they make over the year. But, but I would disagree because the, they, they made unbelievable progress within that week. Uh, and it was fabulous, uh, to see the exponential growth in their, um, in their self-esteem, their confidence the, and their appreciation of the outdoor world. And do you think that would have, does that have any use for them in the lives that they're going to live? Because as you say, a lot of them are in towns, they're not going to become yeah. outdoor people themselves. Realistically, most of them will forget it almost immediately. So in fact, some of them hated it and you know that they're never going to go into the outdoors again. But the majority said that was brilliant, but you know, they're going to forget it. But you just hope that it's planted seeds in, in a, in a minority of them that um, that will make them want to connect with the outdoors for the rest of their lives. And it, when I look back, how I ended up in that job is because somebody provided me with that opportunity when I was at school, and I'm forever grateful for that. You're, you're very keen on the natural history side of yeah. being out in the wild. What's your favourite bird? <gasps> oh... Put me on the spot, peregrine falcon. What's your favourite bird's call? I can hear seagulls here. My favourite bird's call? Song thrush. Ooh. So I'm quite, uh, I'm quite late to enjoying birds. Yeah. But what I've really noticed is that by learning the names of things and by identifying the songs, I get so much more enjoyment out of it yeah. than just going, oh, there's a pretty bird, or oh, that's a nice yeah. song. I find that, why is that? What's the, the name I've got to do know, with it? I don't know, but um, I've, in, in recent years, I've been volunteering for the Yorkshire Wildlife Trust and doing bird surveys for them, which has made me sharp, have to sharpen up on identifying bird songs, because in the woods, you, 
you, you hardly see any and you have to identify them all by the bird song. Uh, and it's opened up a whole new world, uh, uh, which, which I love. Yeah, I think just um, once you start to notice the yeah. variety, it really yeah. opens up, doesn't it? And it's uh, with the children at the outdoor centre. We used to just we used to have um, what was called Mike's magic moment, where you just you had to you had to lie down and be quiet for two minutes and just not move and listen to everything you heard. Uh, I I never actually I'd just say, well, how many different birds did did you hear? And some of them would say, oh, three or four or five. We never said what they were because it didn't matter. Um, so just the fact that they sounded lovely was enough. But um, but yes, I find I want to find out more and, and I find that extra knowledge makes it even more special for me. Absolutely. So I'm, on a, I'm spending a month cycling around Yorkshire yeah. and I'm on day three and I've made it so far from Middlesbrough to... Brunswick Bay, where we are now, this well, you were saying is potentially the best view from a pub in Yorkshire. Beautiful view over the bay, yeah. but I haven't come very many miles at all. It's probably I don't know twenty in a straight line. It's pretty pathetic. But you're you've written a book about yeah. slow travel. So yeah. um, tell me that I'm not being a pathetic wimp by only making it twenty miles in three days. No, you are to be congratulated because it means that you are. Um, you're not just whizzing through and getting a cursory glance at the place. You're getting to know it grassroots. So you're finding out what makes the place tick. You have to spend time to get under the skin of a place. So what's your favourite slow way of being in the outdoors? It's got to be sea kayaking, I think. Um, Don't you get itchy buttocks? Um that's my pet hate. With right, well, I have a secret which I can reveal, <clears throat> is, and it's to go commando. <laughs> okay. Don't wear cotton underpants, because that is what gives you itchy buttocks. Bet that's what it is, my yeah. Sainsbury's box shorts. Well, this is val- invaluable stuff, because one, one of the things I was hoping from this ride was to go around and seek out wisdom. So going commando in a sea kite <laughs> is exactly the sort of wisdom I'm after. Yeah. I've also written a, a um, series of questions on some cards that I'm yeah. trying to figure out so i wondered if you fancied it giving give me me your best shot a few of these so if you take one off the top yeah okay and, and you can ignore any you don't want to answer oh, i've already had that one on a oh, scale of one to ten how weird are you? Oh, three you three. say i love that you specified that okay <laughs> next what is an absurd thing that you love St. Helens Rugby League team. Ah, why? Because that's my hometown. It's as unwild a place as you can possibly imagine. It's it's grim. It's up north and it's grim. Uh, but it's got lots of nostalgic memories for me. How did St. Helens... How did you get from St. Helens into loving the outdoors? That is a very good question. Uh, I went... The school I went to uh, had some in, some inspired teachers in there who had the idea that, that these townie kids ought to have experience of the countryside. So they bought a house 
in the Yorkshire Dales and shipped us kids off to it uh, at weekends for peanuts. Um, and it was, most for most of us, it was the, our first experience of proper countryside with no pollution. Uh, and what I vividly remember, no street lights at night. So it was, it was black at night and you could see stars for the first time. And so, and, and that's what led to my, my lifelong passion, I think. Well, and hopefully there are now a bunch of younger people who've experienced similarly from your years in the outdoor world to be doing the same. I, I would love to think so. I'm sure there will be. I'm sure my brief time with you suggests that there will have been. Um, okay, next card. All right. What small thing do you regularly do which greatly improves your life? Uh, now, this is quite recent, actually. Uh, I do 15 minutes of yoga every day. And uh, <laughs> why is that improving your life? Uh, because I'm 60, and so my poor, decrepit old body is getting stiffer and stiffer, and somebody suggested yoga. Uh and it works. Oh, actually. it really does, doesn't yeah. it? It's uh, yeah. I've uh, I'm really un unflexible and yeah. stiff, and it's done wonders for my back. Yeah. And now, actually, now I'm on a bike for a month, which uh, really tightens up your hamstrings yeah. and then knackers my back. My resolution at the start was to do a lot of stretching every day, yeah. and of course, day three I've done nothing. But yeah, <laughs> the intention is there. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Next one. one. Who was the most adventurous grown-up you knew when you were a child? Wow. That's a tricky one. Probably a teacher at school, my form tutor, a bloke called Alan Stoddart. Uh, and it was him that used to take us off to this out, this house in the Yorkshire Dales. Uh, he was a big orienteerer. He was a big bird watcher. Um, and he introduced us. Uh, and he lived in a caravan, which we which we found really exotic. <laughs> exotic. <laughs> yeah, so Alan Stoddart, my old teacher at school. Where was he on the weirdness scale of one to oh, ten? Oh, he was very weird. <laughs> was he? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the best people always are. Yeah. He was probably... He was, with hindsight, he was way, way up on the autistic spectrum, Mr. <laughs> <Okay>. Studdard. <laughs> <Right. laughs> That's so good to have him. I don't, the reason I, that question interests me is I can't really remember any adults being very adventurous when I was a kid. No, I, no, I had struggled to think of um, that. And the best I could probably think of is a couple of outdoor teachers at school, but yeah. I wasn't that convinced at that time, so I mostly just thought they were a bit weird. So yeah. it, took, it was a bit late yeah. in my epiphany on that. Next Another one. one. What book should I read to make myself more wild, bold, and curious? Is this me that I should? No, read? me. Oh, you, you. Oh, well, I, I was going to suggest one of yours, but you've already read. Oh, them. they are very good. Yeah, <laughs> um, and uh, and I can't suggest mine because because they're not they're tra they're travel books. They're not super adventure ones. <laughs> Um, do you know, I would probably, it's in my mind because we've been talking about him, but I would probably say uh, Robert McFarlane's Wild Places. Robert 
Bloody McFarlane. Oh, no. No, I've got another <laughs> one. No, I've got a better one. Um, it's called Waterlog by Roger Deakin. Why do you like Waterlog? Because uh, he's barking mad as well. He is high was, up on the scale. Was barking mad. Uh, bless him. Rest in peace. Um, but I, uh, I loved his idea of swimming in as many wild places as possible and having no respect for authority whatsoever. <laughs> I love him at Winchester getting told off at outside the posh school. He's walking down the riverbank in his underpants to go and get his clothes. Oh, I don't and get, remember and getting that. told off, uh, you can't swim here. Why not? <laughs> oh. I, I, I remember him swimming down a, 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 class, a class A trout stream somewhere <laughs> and getting shouted at. That was it. Oh, was yeah, it? yeah, that was oh, right, it. Right. Yes. Yeah, and that, I have to confess, has got me wanting to swim down lots of trout streams. Yes. Um, yeah, that book is wonderful, isn't it? And yes. I think that marked, I think that was quite pivotal in a lot of people in Britain's approach to the outdoors. And I don't know if you've noticed over your time enjoying wild stuff, if you've noticed in the last, I guess, 15 years since that yeah. book came out, if you've noticed any changes in it becoming more mainstream or... Wild, well, wild swimming definitely is a, is a big movement now. Yeah. 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 And... Uh, and in no small part to that book, I think. I absolutely love that yeah. book. Good choice. One one day, I love him having a moat at the bottom of his garden. Oh. And when's a thunderstorm, he fills his bath up with hot water, sprints starkers across the lawn <laughs> to swim in his moat, and then jumps into his hot bath. <laughs> I want to be that weird one day. Yes. My son would say I already am, but there we go. <laughs> okay, yeah. <laughs> okay, next question. Next one. Do a couple more. Stick or twist, in general, my life is comfortable and happy. So should I risk a new challenge and make big changes? Seeking your wisdom here. Um, I would say stick. Enjoy your children while they're nine and seven. Uh, and then when they leave home, then make your big change. Yeah. You'll still be easily young enough. <laughs> yes. Will I still be? So I'll be, uh, not that I've been calculating, but I'll be 52 on that date when oh. my young daughter finishes A-levels. Oh, right. So um, is that, am I not too old and ancient and over the hill by then? Absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> I, w I was still playing football at 52. Uh, oh. And I kept going long enough to play in the same team in the same match as my 16-year-old son because uh, he had to be 16 to play in the se senior team and we played one game together and then I hung my boots up. That is a, oh, that is a brilliant life goal to aspire to, isn't it? <laughs> Get, play, keep yourself in shape long enough to play in the same team as your son. Yeah. Oh, okay, challenge accepted. Right. My personal challenge has been to... My son will be 18 when I'm 50. Yeah. And I'm curious about who will win in a running race. Who do you think will win? Uh, I we I did this with my son, <laughs> okay. uh, and he was beating me long before he was eighteen. Really? I'm afraid, yeah, oh dear. yeah. And how does that day feel? Are you happy or sad? What, the day when you're finally trying your hardest. You know, it's it's a re it's a real mix of emotions. It's oh god, I'm getting old. This is the beginning of the end, and just pride that I've. I've produced this 
this human being that can now run fast. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, a real mix of emotions. Very good advice. Uh, and actually, I think that's a perfect place for us to to end on. So thank you very much for being my third podcast interviewee, your debut podcast. Thank you very much, Mike. Oh, thank you, Alistair. <laughs> I enjoyed it. <laughs> yes, I did. <laughs> thank you, Mike. I hope you've enjoyed this episode of Living Adventurously. There's show notes from every episode on my website, alistairhumphreys.com slash podcast. If you have enjoyed it, please take a screenshot of your phone and pop it up on social media or leave a review with your podcast provider. It makes a massive difference. Thank you very much. I teamed up with Kamut to make this podcast happen. In case you missed it, Kamut is an outdoor planning and navigation app that helps you explore more of the great outdoors. One of the many ways Kamut helps you have better adventures is through their inspiring collections. Are you exploring a new area and not sure where to begin? Type in where you want to go and local collections will suggest a number of cycling or hiking tours based on the most scenic routes. It's a great way to get started exploring in a new place, particularly if you don't know where to begin. Wherever you find yourself, your very own outdoor experiences are waiting for you. Go explore more with Kamut. Head to kamut.com slash chi and use the voucher code ADVENTUROUS to claim your free region bundle.